A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You look pleased with yourself, Matthew. <laughs> Mate, I told you, sex sells. We've had red men come down from the north to be on the Bull Street Podcast. Of course, mate. Biggest podcast in the UK. We've had Emil Heskey down to Bull Street to talk to us on the Long Bull Street Podcast. He's probably heard from the beast that he can have massive gains. You, in can't, his... you, you keep telling people that we've got like tons of... We're the biggest podcast in India. We've got tons of listeners. They've come down. I think We haven't got loads of it, it, listeners, Matt. I think, therefore, I am. <laughs> Right, if you're listening to this podcast, please tell your friends, subscribe, because I don't know what we're going to do when, uh, when, 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 they, when they hear the pod and, and there's, like, literally 40 people that have listened to it. There's more than 40 people. <laughs> no, there definitely is. Well, huge. But, no, seriously, guys, um, great show today. So we've got, um, uh, like we've got, we've got Redmen TV, Liverpool YouTube channel. They've just been out and obviously lost another final. Yeah, um, they've gone viral in their time in a bad way as well. So some really interesting uh, things to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, talking to Emma Pesky, I mean, I, there's, it's rarely that, I, that I'm, I'm bowled over by a professional footballer. Bowled over? Bold this over. is very emotional yeah, from is. you. I, did. I genuinely liked him, really. Oh, like, I love that. Strong, strong emotions. Um, but he, he talks so well and he's so friendly and really gives a great insight into his career. Um, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Have a listen. But there's the one thing on that is that you kind of never introduce it, do you? Well, what happened was, was it kind of it talked about him at the beginning and then when I was supposed to introduce him at the end of the Red Men chat, I kind of just started ending the pod without thinking. Uh, but we do get there in the end, so... So, yeah, so, so keep listening. Look out for Big Emil. Uh, enjoy enjoy the, the boys and uh, and don't forget to uh, subscribe, yep. uh, like, share, tell all your friends. Um, I do like spending time with you, Matt. Oh, I, that's, I do. That's nice. All right. Long Episode 5 of the Long Ball Street. Welcome, gentlemen. Surrounded by Matt, as always. <laughs> All encompassed by Matt Wilson. Yeah. And a pair of Scousers. That is... Or, or the Redmond TV. Is it alright for people outside of London to use the word Scouser, is it? No, absolutely. You're... you're no. No? no is you're, right. you're fine. You're fine to use that. You're fine? I'm fine, because we're Matt's friends. Not. Why am I not fine? We don't like you. Why don't you like me? I love you. I don't he loves me. Don't, 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 don't speak for me. All right. 
Just you then. Yeah. Whilst he's whilst he's guzzling on, on this, on this just look at him. On this large coffee that I've just bought for you know, my own hard-earned money. Even getting the giving the instruction of a of a, a filter with two fingers, precisely two fingers of milk, and this is how now, you treat me. No, no one's going to be able to see this, of course, because it's radio. But just put put, put your, your index finger and your and the the next finger. Turn it sideways in a gang sign style thing, <laughs> and that's how Matt was forced to ask for this coffee. Uh, I don't know if the guy thought he was being propositioned or he was about to be murdered. Did you point the fingers at him like a gun? No, not a gun. Like 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 I don't know. Like some sort of pseudo West Side style. It was like uh, I was gesture. It was like I was crucial, Robbie. Basically, man like Robbie. Man like Robbie. Robbie. But then, yeah, and then five minutes later, you you got like this, Chris. So it's fine. It's fine. I've got very thick skin. I can do that. But my name's Paul, by the way. Paul Uh, from Chris. Chris from Redmen TV. Everyone who's listening to this knows who you guys are. You're 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 Redmen TV. You're the one of the longest running, if not the longest fan channel the longest the, the, the original at least Matt's done his research the original yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't care I'm just doing this for the sake of it I'm joking I do I love you guys um, I feel like he talked himself into a corner there and, and, and came out fine <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah you can swear by the way um, <laughs> you could just Give it a go, Paul. Can I ask it? I've had the, well, that's the audience. Actually, is cock a swear word? You can, did he say it on Top Gear? Well, he cock. Did. I, it's, it's more than dick. So is it? It, I think it's more aggressive than dick. But I think he. Oh, yeah. you cock. That's. I think if you're describing it as in your your own private part. Yeah, you know, like he's discussing your cock. <laughs> then I think it's more of a swear word. Okay, I'll tell you what. Imagine. Of course, you only, you only discuss your cock with your wife. If you if you're well, thinking, listen to the Redman TV podcast for one. No. If, if you're thinking about describing um, Flav, no, 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 not me. as a cock, Michael, Michael Owen. Would you use the word dick or cock? There's a far stronger word I'd use to describe Michael Owen. But he's a, I'd use penis. Okay, penis yeah. is, is. You know why? Because it's the, funnier. It is funnier. <laughs> it's funnier. So uh, yeah, what, 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 what the way this is going to go? Because we've just and I'm, I'm a bit giddy still. I've managed. I've just sat with you, Paul. Obviously, breaking news. Breaking news. Flav is in love with Emil Heskey. I'm not in love with him. I do love him a lot. You're but. enamoured by him. I'm, I'm massively, massively. He, he, he's soaking his legs right now. He's soaking his legs. Reeves, style thigh stroke going on for double. Thigh stroke. Free working. At Obviously, sorry, his own thighs. By the way, <laughs> Emil's now gone. Yeah, <laughs> free working at Bull Street. You do meet people. You meet pros and ex-pros and stuff. And I'm not usually, uh, you know, it doesn't phase me. I'm not easily phased. But as soon as you walked in, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, he was uh, a lovely, lovely man, very friendly, and um, yeah, there's a couple of times when he was talking to me as we were recording the interview that you're about to hear. Uh, I had to look away, you know, when you can't look at someone in the eye. Uh, it was like that. Just too engaging. Too much. It was too much. But um, we got a great interview, and, and you were about about to hear that. But before then, guys, you what? Well, I think we could talk about Emil, can't we? A little bit. So we, I mean, he's he's because he's, he's a weird. We just did that, you know. <laughs> no, but like most, but we were well, we yeah. were waiting over to get the coffee. Yeah. We were talking about him because he's mad, isn't it? That he he played a lot of family games. You played for England, Flav. Um, he played around 67, 60, 60, 67. So a lot of games that mm. is, and he did. And it, the England team was a bit shy as well during a bit of that period. But he's played over eleven years. But yeah, he, he came in and out of fashion. Right. Mm. Um, 
and he's, he's, he's had an amazing career but he probably don't get the respect that he it's deserves the, as a player the thing we, we, we were just saying then is that the thing that winds you up about Emil Heskey Sorry. is that um, <laughs> The thing that winds me up about about Roven yeah. is when he just walks into Steve. rooms and, and starts talking. Caesar's huddled around a microphone, clearly trying <laughs> to recording something and just Roven, come here. Yeah. You got to apologise to apologize the listeners. to the audience. Sorry, guys. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on, Paul. You're saying uh, yeah. The thing about Emil Esky is that is that, and I feel I feel dead sorry for him at times in the way that he say, he, people remember him. It's like oh, Emil Esky, like he was a bit of like a. You know, I don't, I don't say a joke as such, but like you know, like he was favourite, like not being able to, to score and blah blah blah. Whereas he scored quite a few goals, played for some really good teams, played in some really big, really yeah. big football matches, and he was he was he was tremendous. I do. He, he was one of them that on his day was was unplayable. He was, he was absolutely yeah, unplayable. They, they say that about a lot of footballers, but Emil Heskey truly was unplayable. There was a time when he when he signed for us, and I think he scored was it like seven goals towards the back end of the season, and you just thought, wow. But the thing that amazed me about him is the short backlift on the shot and the amount of power mm, he could yeah. generate in a shot from, from what looked like nothing and no chances and you just see it and you go the guy's got something yeah he was though a, a, a great athlete like a physically just so strong and powerful and explosive like when he kind of burst onto the scene at Leicester he was just this he just turned wouldn't he and Defenders won't be able to knock him off the ball pace power and he'd smash it in as well I mean if he's almost like Akinfen was famed for, for for his strength and power, but Heskey was doing that from eighteen years old. Heskey was doing it with with top level. I look, look beast. I love you, okay. But Emil Heskey was a genuine top level it, footballer. Wasn't well, he, he, was, he played in the Premier for his entire career, pretty much, and yeah. and and Newcastle Jets. Yeah. Um, but you know, he, he he was he was a brilliant player. I mean, we we talked about this a bit, but I remember when he absolutely roasted Ramon Vega, and I reckon I might be able to do that against Ramon Vega, such a such, such a poor defender as he was. No, hang on, Flav. I've well, seen some footage of uh, oh, last ba- week's game. I don't think you would have had a bad leg. You couldn't roast a chestnut, mate. <laughs> <laughs> roast no, a chicken. No, no, all right, touche, touche. Even your chicken legs. Yeah. I haven't got chicken legs. <laughs> That's not But no, he was... That's um, not a thing. It's not a thing. You've just made it a thing. Okay. But he, um, he was also... Um, and, and let's just say, because we, you know, we do get to meet a lot of um, players and ex-pros, and actually, oh, you nice. know... Um, <laughs> no, no, but... It's weird, because I kind of had a... Probably a perception. I think a lot of people do in a way that kind of footballers are dicks mm. or cocks, whichever one you prefer. Um, <laughs> but you know, and, and actually, most of the ones that we kind of you know sp- spend time with and got to know are actually very sound and yeah. you know very helpful. Uh, but Emil, in a way, is a different kind of guy. I think than any of them. He is the most unassuming. He is. Yeah. He Emil Heskey is exactly how you would expect Emil Heskey to be. Yeah. I think. Right. You know, I. I, I yeah, just a, a genuinely lovely human being. Yeah, like, he's right. so sound. Anyway, should we stop gushing? I've not met him, yeah. but I, I remember the first time that you met him, Paul, and it, it was a true gem. Was one of the things that you said. Played Bukhari with me. Yeah. Right, so yeah. we're going to hear. Is that true? It's true. Amazing. Um, okay, so we, we we are we are going. We should put that video actually in the. Um, the buckaroo is there a description yeah because it was it was a very good there is one there is one yeah. oh. we did it, there, we did it on board it was via Redman and Ball, Ball Street, Street. It was, yeah. Yeah. brilliant um, so you get Paul Ball Street uh, did exist before you Flav yeah oh. Flav <laughs> some might say it was better sparingly 
<laughs> but yeah, so you get Paul and you get Eski on that video, and it's about Liverpool, and it's a bit different. So yeah, maybe we'll, we'll find out a way of. Can you post a link in a video in an audio description? Something we could have discussed afterwards. Yeah, okay. let people be on be behind the curtain. Yeah. Are we going to no, no, cut it? We'll find a way. Of course not. Um, this is raw, real. This is how we do things. This yeah. is Bull Street, baby. Um, l- listen, listen. Let's go on to quickly because you spent like loads of time and money driving over to uh, Basel to watch. Liverpool, mm. unfortunately for you guys, lose. This is the first time we're going to talk about it as well. Yeah, um, but <laughs> still, <laughs> not really. still, yeah. despite the fact that you, you know, the sore, it's very sore. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about it. We did a final word show on the way home. We did like 15 minutes in the car. We spoke a bit about it in the, on the journey, but we mainly just avoided each other and, and listened to. It was it was good because we had a nine seater car and we could all have a corner. <laughs> yeah. And we yeah. were miles away from each other and that was cool. I did love the. Um, I watched some of your stuff on the way over on Facebook Live and maybe some Snapchat and stuff like that. And uh, I, I really enjoyed the road trip and the way mm. you guys did it. And um, I think it was just. Man. It was all going so well. It was, it was just them scoring, wasn't it? There was Cause, that point because their halftime talk was: you've got to get out there, you've got to make something happen. Yeah. You, you kind of they probably created their own system and their changes. And the worst thing that you can give them after that is an is an early victory, an early sign that that's going to work. Because mm-hmm. then they just went like that. Well, yeah. well Chris and oh. I, Chris and I were sat together at, at halftime, and I turned to you and said, "This, if we have another half like that, what we've just done is." History, you know what I mean? It's social history as well, you know. And it, you know, and it sounds a bit bigger than it, but like you know, the the, the journey of it, you know, going down there and documenting the experience of it, and then to have, to have a win at the end of it is like, wow, that's something else. But you know, we're we're actually we've got the lads screw on the way doing the actual work. We don't do the real work anymore. Uh, but you know, back at the uh, back at the office, putting Tom some of that Aubrey. stuff together, Tom and Aubrey yeah. um, doing the hard doing the hard work. Um, putting some of that together because I think the actual story of it still has so it's not look it was like us doing the the, the happy video at the end of the season we finished yeah. second listen if Liverpool win the league you're talking you know mega viral on that kind of stuff yeah, Chris, yeah. Chris and me, me dancing but, but with that I think I think it, for me the, the whole experience I got more from the experience than I thought I was going to get of the, yeah. the journey and the, the, the build up in the day itself so I never I didn't feel Devastated. Like I've seen us lose finals. We lost the FA Cup semi final last season, and I felt more upset and downbeat mm. than I did, even though I travelled. We, you know, collectively, Chris and I did split the drive and over sixteen hundred miles, three countries, very like probably six hours sleep collectively in two days. You know, and I didn't feel dead at the end of it. I kind of felt. So what, we, we read. Like, sorry, we, we right. read. Um, it was something before the West Brom game, and a, a writer for the Anfield rapper, Rob Gutman. Uh, put it all in pers- into perspective and he talked about his away day experience and he's done a couple of these o- over the last season and he, he talks about he, he always makes sure that he goes to Sandbach services before half ten and gets a McDonald's breakfast because what he realised he's, he's nearly a 50 year old fella so he should really focus on his diet no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no yeah right yeah. what he talks about is enjoy what you can control because you can't control the football yeah, and that's what yeah. we did yeah. you know we, we went over there we, we, we had a, a plan we enacted the plan we enjoyed ourselves doing it you can't control the football. No. You can control everything else. So make sure you enjoy everything else. The football's yeah. the football. Can I just say something? I watched the videos afterwards, and you didn't look like you'd enjoyed much. You, look, you especially, Chris, <laughs> you just couldn't. I saw the devastation in you, and as a football fan, completely, I, I sympathise with what you were going through at that time. Especially because you have to do, as a part of your job, to do the fan cams and talk to people and give a platform for other fans. And it's admirable that you do it because I'm not sure I could. Because I'm not sure how I'd be able to process that result so quickly. 
You've um, had it this season, though. No, no, so that's what I'm saying. I know, guaranteed, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it. But you've had, I but, mean, sorry for, for I was going to pass deliver some Our chemistry, we're still working on it. We finish each other's sandwiches. And when Paul starts talking, I just shut up. That's how ours works. Where was I? Um, so, but what I was about to say is actually the, the story of the fact that you actually didn't win is probably most fans can connect to that more than watching. I'm not saying the less people are going to watch it and less Liverpool fans. Um, but as, as I've been in that situation with Spurs, I can I can feel what you were feeling at that time. And yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I guess so. Because everyone likes a bit of misery, don't they? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's the it's the common denominator amongst everyone in the world ever. Yeah. Everyone Shard communicates. Yeah, everyone, everyone communicates in misery. You know what I mean? That's what you do. That's what you, you, you bitch and you moan, and that's how you have conversations. Unless you that's how I get through every single day. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it, yeah. It was a yeah yeah. I think there's, there's definitely an element to that. I think you know, there will be. I remember last season again, like going back a year, we did a live stream on the last game of the season where <laughs> of what I was watching the game when we we got annihilated by Stoke. Yeah. Annihilated first forty five minutes, we were live. Chris was Chris wasn't there. He, he was he was away. Um, but yeah, we um, and I had to turn, I had to turn it off because I was like, <laughs> no Liverpool fans are watching this. <laughs> this is all Arsenal and Man United fans. Did you actually just turn it? I was off? like, right, look, we'll fuck this off. They were watching on a delay, weren't you? Yeah, we were. We were like, because YouTube streaming is like a five minute delay, pretty much by the end of it. So like, people would tell us the score. We we're like, oh yeah, listen, don't tell us the score in the comments because we're on delay. And then the goal score, we we're like, yeah, yeah, haha, you're having a laugh at the oh, look. There's no way we're three 0 down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, four nil. Oh, five. yeah. So yeah, but <laughs> so I think there is a there is a balance of, of things. But like I think and one the, of the guests walked off. He did. Yeah, really? Oh, he, 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 he just couldn't. Could, could, oh, you understand it? Fair play. But yeah, I think that the 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 the, the, the Basel stuff was a weird one because immediately after it's very difficult to process. And what had happened, and I, and I mentioned it on one of the videos, I found out that day. Of Facebook, we finally got some internet to upload some videos. I found out that my uncle had died, so oh I like God. had to, you know, something you can't really process or think about. So we kind of come off the ground, and it was a bit like once that's all ended, you go, oh, shit, oh that that was a piece of information that came to me earlier today. So it was a bit difficult to go through. But you do, you know, fact of the matter is, what we said is we've gone through this all, and it was why normally when we do like in the in the game stuff, we don't film. The goals when the other team score because she gives a shit. No, we're Liverpool fan channel and that. It's, it's, mm. No, no one's gonna watch. I was going, oh fuck off, you bellend. Yeah. You know what I mean? From the car. Whereas we we actually recorded a reaction as the as the severe goals were going in as well because it's we wanted to tell the full the mm. full story of the day. Warts and all come hell or high water. So yeah, yay. Well, I was going to um, jump in there, actually, <laughs> just to say that this is um, just a heap more misery on it. This was actually the second final, wasn't it, that you guys had lost this year? And, and I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it was, Matt. <laughs> and I think, I think that that day was a terrible day. Do you remember day, that one? <laughs> I do. Do you know why I remember that? Do you know why I remember that? There's, there's a few reasons. A, I've never been so ill in my entire life. That's true. Mm. You were very, very sick. I was... It was ridiculous. I basically made Paul ill as well. I spent... Yeah. Five hours in the car with him, coughing, spluttering all over him. And then had me, and then the, the following week afterwards was me vomiting violently, followed by my eldest child vomiting violently, followed by my wife collapsing, followed by me well two done, month Chris. old baby vomiting everywhere. Yeah. Off the hey, look, back I'm not missing the final. final. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I could have given me tickets to someone else. I'm not missing the final. There was that As it turned out, I wish I had. We hit the MC, <laughs> we hit the M6, and Chris was like, oh, and I went, right, listen, we can go back now. 
and you can, we, can, we can, I can drop you back off. It'll be, it'll be absolutely fine. But we, you, I you, saw you, you had your fingers crossed. But you make your decision. <laughs> we make your decision. We live by it and we die by it. And you, you spent a lot of that day in the car park and the car, didn't you? And, and you huddled on the back seat, <laughs> nearly, literally dying, basically. Yeah. So what, what is that whole day then? Because and this is the kind of the, the commitment that fans show. Um, you know, is massive. Um, but I think to actually be a fan channel and to to create that content, create that whole story for people, um, it just means that you add on to each day, you've got a few hours um, at least of additional work and time and editing and upload time and stuff like that. And you were puking and each, actually that day you went to extra time as well, didn't it? Yeah, so, so snapshotted all the penalties and it was... It, look, you know what? We're dead lucky at the end of the day. We get, to, we get to do something that we're passionate about for a living and not many people can say that. We get to wake up every single day and enjoy the day. There was there was a but, great great yeah. line of the day, sorry Matt, about about and it was again it was the like the Neil Ackerton who hosts uh, Liverpool podcast, the Anfield Rap, and he kind of said everyone gets re- everyone he speaks to about Liverpool within the club gets really jaded with it all and they hate football and they hate Liverpool, and there is sometimes you you, you do you get quite saturated with it because it's you know it never stops. And we, play, we had two games a week for the vast majority of the season, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot a lot of work and stuff. But he just said I'm not like that, you know I I just buzz off Liverpool. And I was like. My God, yeah, that you know that that attitude about it all is the you <coughs> kind of I love Liverpool. You know, I love me, I love me football club, and being able to go to the, as many of the games as as possible, all that stuff. And it helps, you know. Yes, by, from an outside perspective, people look at it and go, "Oh, Liverpool, not what they once were." Have you seen Gerrard win the league? No, but I've seen some amazing things that the vast majority of people wouldn't get to and see. And the alternative is what? Doing a job that you hate? I used to wake up as a restaurant manager and hate going to work and, mm. and sometimes it was a restaurant I was working and I felt physically ill when I had to, when I had to leave for work and stuff yeah. and, that, and I, haven't had that, I haven't had that <laughs> in two years. You know, you get to go in, you work with your, one of your best mates, you get to work with two of your best mates, three of your best mates actually and it's just brilliant. Now four? Of your five, best mates, five. five of your best mates. Yeah. But one thing you did say, you said <laughs> you, say so. you said you're lucky to do that, but you're not lucky because you guys have uh, have made that happen. Yeah. You know, you guys have have worked very hard to get into a position where you can kind of do that kind of stuff, and you've had to make a lot of sacrifice along the way. Um, so it's not lucky. It's oh, something that you've you've created for yourself. It's you know? been it been um, what's it, slightly self deprecating. It's been it's been a ludicrous amount of work and, and, it, and yeah. it, it's gone into it kind of thing. Like, but as you were the first, but, the original. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, no one, no one did. We had a lot of kids in, in the bedrooms with webcams and stuff like that. And that was literally probably one of the first things I said to you about it was. I refused to film something on a putting a webcam on my desk, shooting up at my chin, mm. you know, and, and I'm thinking I lit, we lit by you know the one one bulb. We kept the one bulb lighting for the first like six months because we couldn't afford actual lights. Sometimes we had no bulbs. Oh no bulbs at all. You think that by looking at the content. And, the other, and the other thing is, we haven't got the physique for a camera up on our chins. <laughs> no, not anymore. Not unless you wanted it, a channel called the Many Chins of the Red Men TV. Um, <laughs> that's that's extravagant. Um, yeah, you can check. Intellectual property, that now. Yeah, check out. That's, that's, what, that's what Facebook party photos are for. Um, but yeah, that was it. It was one of them. I think a lot of people looked at it at the time as well. Like and go, people look at it and they think, "Oh, it's dead easy." It's point a camera, do this and that. We've had people. I remember you put a, put a post out to me. Someone said, uh, "Oh, have you seen this Red Men TV on a forum? Where we can do what they do and we do better." They've only been going a little while. And they're already interviewing Gerard and Carrigan and blah blah blah. And I best not laugh. I said, "Good luck to you." Yeah. Good luck. Go ahead. But go ahead. We'll it's, see it's in a year. You don't know. You don't. You just don't know how much work goes into it. I mean, boohoo. Poor us. 
You know what I mean? Like, but ultimately, yeah, yeah, what I mean, yeah, by that is, I don't, I don't, it's not, I'm not crying about it. No, you're happy to it, be I'm, doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And I think that there's, um, once you actually start to do that and you started creating content and kind of putting your head above the parapet and doing that kind of stuff and I think that you guys all do it more so than me because I'm not you know I'm not physically doing the editing myself and doing all that kind of stuff myself but I think once you actually um, you go through that process you realise how much work it is and then you kind of have a little bit more respect for for the other stuff that you see from people that you don't know because yeah. I remember back in the day yeah. like, what are they thinking with that that's shite that is ridiculous what yeah. were they thinking but actually just to do something just to get it up there and to do it consistently that takes that takes a lot of determination and a, and a lot of commitment I think more, more and less respect in, in, in equal measures to some things because I look at we look at like uh, Arsenal fan TV great example of that now I the amount of sheer volume of videos that they produce on a match day and the time scale in which they get them out like because you've had this like because you're a competitive guy yeah. um, it's giving you a headache just the, the, the you know the logistics of how they're able to deliver that's ridiculous it pisses me off <laughs> it does because I look at it and you go alright well there's, there's there's a couple of them working on it and then there's 70 million videos that come out after an Arsenal defeat and you think well, I got four up in that time, and I have literally worked like crazy. We get in the car outside Anfield. We've got a mobile editing suite, which is a crappy Picanto that I own, and we start and we start driving, and then we're editing, and then we're uploading, and it's just like, oh, Robbie's got seventy nine videos out. Great, <laughs> what are we doing wrong? Here? Oh, exactly. And but on the flip side, that the you know that you see that you get the respect for that is then when you see the people who. Rock up, and you can see the ex pros, and the and the rock up to things. And I, you know, we have you, you talked earlier about how we've we've met some brilliant people through both season. Absolutely, you know, we when we were doing the four five one show, and we I was that was my first thing I directed for for Ball Street, right, and then yeah. I me two and Ray Park, three nearly now I think two a bit no, maybe. Um, it was. Yeah, Just before the World Cup, actually, with two it was years. Three seasons, because it was the Liverpool title challenge. Lads, I'm not sure our audience does. They don't, they don't <laughs> care. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, right. oh, so <laughs> this is the point where we're drawing the line. The audience, I don't care, and Flav clearly doesn't care. <laughs> Irregardless, so we did we uh, we did that, and then we did the the Virgin the the Virgin Transfer Weekly show, and I was hosting yeah. that with with Paul, and he he was boss. But you see some you see some guys who who, who they rock up to things and. They've not put the thought in. They've not put the effort in. Mm. It's so. It's like certain there's certain expos, and it's so accepted that because they played the game, they're just capable of turning up in front of camera. And there are some prop. You know what I mean? Like embarrassment to the industry. And I, I, I've lost respect for the for a lot of the mainstream stuff because I see. I know how much work goes into making something that's not shit. Yeah. And then when I see something that is shit, I, I think. God, you know, you, with all the advantages you've got around that, that yeah. Be, yeah. But I, I think that's a different. So I was obviously talking about people that are kind of making something and getting getting something going. But you're right. When there's, um, if if that's somebody that's um, that's not got cash, that's kind of doing it in their own time, or that's that's you know really um, making sacrifices to get it going, then yeah, cool. But then you're right when you see something that is a backed business, a funded business, and, and I'm not saying this is BT Sport. Uh, but you know, there's places like BT Sport where they've got the Olympic Stadium as there, as yeah. mm. you know, millions and millions of pounds on rights and given to third-party production companies. So yeah, I guess if someone's got a load of cash and they're getting it wrong, then that's kind of unforgivable. Anyone's got, for the, the, most anyone's part, got the gumption to set it up and do it themselves. Yeah, got all respect in the world for me. Definitely. So we've talked about a lot of what's gone right 
Actually, what has gone? Let's just lay down some things. You got how many uh, uh, subscribers now? One, two, five. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one hundred and twenty-five. Just for you, was, <laughs> not one hundred and twenty-five. That's this podcast. That's this podcast. We're a fledge. How many views did you have after five episodes? Four episodes. Our mums and dads. Four. Yeah. Lot, no, a lot more than that. Kind of, well, yeah, your mums and dads already listen to this. Yeah. How many of your views are bots? Yeah, so you're a massive fan. You managed to be able to kind of make this your job, which is an incredible thing. But what's gone wrong over the last five years? I mean, how how much? If you watch any of the Christmas shows, loads (laughs) (laughs) where we put all the outtakes and stuff out. I mean, things are falling on our heads. I mean, I've got stuck on top of lockers. Yeah, Uh, but there's tons of little. That was that was pretty epic. Yeah, what was it? Yeah. So he was basically doing a, a, a parody of Lawrence McKenna yeah. uh, of, of, of Ball Street, another another place fame, apart um, from a Man video where he was doing this thing when he used to cut, really do a jagged cut of him setting the room up or whatever you did. Mm. He got stuck on a set of on top of a set on top of a set of because it's on the chopping room floor, mate. Yeah. Uh, all right, he didn't make it out. No, and then made it onto the good. yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, the, the, the big thing that I, that I remember is, you know, everybody. I, I walk down the street in Liverpool, and, and a lot of people shout, are, "Are you the rent boy guy?" At me. Yeah. That's the main thing that's gone wrong f- for us, and you know, um, it was after Chelsea beat Liverpool, Gerard slip, all that game and stuff like that. And I, I said some things that were pretty passionate at the time. Paul stuck a camera in my face straight after the game, and you know, I'm a pa- I'm a passionate person, and uh, you know, football is my passion and stuff. And you know, I said some things that. Uh, were taken in the wrong way that I didn't really understand the meaning of. Mm. Um, everybody knows it. Uh, it's been vying to hell with my head on, on dancing bodies and all that sort <laughs> of stuff. And so, and, there, and do you know what? They make me laugh. But we got into a lot of shit for that. And, mm, you know, yeah. the video was up. I think it had a hundred and something thousand views within a couple of hours. It would it would have been our biggest viewed video on YouTube. Kick it out campaign got in touch with Liverpool Football Club. Uh, Liverpool got in touch, reached out to us and asked us to take the video down. Well, um, no, that, that, that's not quite how it was. We were we were, we were advised basically. You know, what, what what we're lucky we've built up along the way is some people who actually like us. In you know what I mean, and people people keep an eye out for us. You know what I mean? We've made friends along along the way and. Mm-hmm. Got a guy inside the the club we were really close with, and he basically I think the memo went round Liverpool. Someone said, "Does anyone know these guys? If they do, do them a favour and reach out to them and just say, just have a word." Because ultimately, you know, no one said we, we you know we we, we could have we could have left that up, you know, we could we could have left that up. But you know, the, the thing is, sometimes you know, is you, you 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 build a, a, a community of people around you, and sometimes they're the best people. To have because you're so close into something sometimes that you don't realise what it is. Yeah. And I, I've, I've, had, I've had a couple of instances over the over the years where I've had a phone call and someone's gone. I think that's a bit close to the bone there, or you know, you need, I, I, you know, and you go, "My God, you're right." I've not really thought of it from from that perspective. So we, we, you know, that was one of those things. And the second, the second someone said it because we, we, no one had kind of said it. The problem with it was that the vast majority of people thought it was the, the most hilarious thing they'd ever seen in their entire lives. Everyone loves to have a laugh at Chelsea's expense. Mm. But ultimately, if there's a, 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 a 
a sizable section, albeit small by comparison, who are offended by these things, then what's the point? What are you doing it for? Yeah, and that was where we, and then we pulled it down, and we've gone out of our way to see that it's, it doesn't exist. Do you know, do you know what uh, it is? Because right? I, I get that, I get all of that completely, and I, I agree. Obviously, you don't want to, you don't want to offend anybody. And when Chris, I know you, Chris, and I know that that's not what you would have intended to do. All you want to do is to vent your frustration at what had happened in the game. And Chelsea's a football club, and by and large, we all hate Chelsea because they are. They're Chelsea, so they. <laughs> um, so, look, I understand that, but if the camera wasn't there, that's how fans—not not necessarily using words like oh, "red boy," but whatever—that's how fans talk in pubs. And the fighting cock, which is what what I've done before, Bull Street is. What we wanted to do is take the conversations that are happening in pubs and just put them on on a, on a microphone and make it honest. And sometimes you've got to be aware that once there's an audience, you can't be 100 percent honest. You have to be aware of your audience. But I think that's it comes from an honest place. It, 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 look, it, it did. Paul's right. When you when you start offending people, you know, we had people tweeting me and the police asking them to do something about it. And at the end of the day, you can't. There was forty five thousand Liverpool fans in that game, all with chant, chanting about that type of stuff. And, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. It, it's it's an incredibly difficult situation. Um, it's something that it, do you know what I would I'll, I'll say it now. I got pretty depressed about the whole thing to be perfectly honest I with can you imagine, yeah. um, it felt like the whole world was crumbling in on me I went into my boss a couple of days later uh, apologised to him because you know I was a face of a business I was managing a couple of restaurants for him and I basically had brought his business into disrepute and you don't want to do that for somebody yeah. that you're working for and you know there's been a few examples of this in this industry at the minute I mean Andy Tate for Full Time Devils is yeah. another one um, right now you've obviously got Paul Grange in a much different way, um, yeah. and it's it's amazing how this stuff can turn with social media, and I, I did get the press on it, and you know, thankfully it's all sort of blowing over. I think now. That, I think it's bad. It though, sorry, Matt, is that and what you you kind of saying there, Flav? Is that it's the context of it all because the the worst thing about that was that that interview, if you took that ten seconds out of it. It was spot on. It was every, everyone was thinking about the match. Everyone was thinking about Chelsea and everything. And what happened? And because you watch it, because Chris literally goes, "Fucking Chelsea! I hate Chelsea! I hate yeah. Mourinho! I hate Chelsea! They're all blah 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 blah." That being said, Mourinho's a great manager, isn't he? He's totally yeah. enough. Yeah. He managed the game That's perfectly. It. He's played us off the park. He's done this and this, and it was so insightful. It was so it was so brilliant. But, but the problem is, is Chris is there outside the football ground with a mic in his face with a polo shirt on, and he's got he's quite quite angry. And that little bit where you're saying that, you take that, and I look if if I didn't. He, I could detach myself and I look at it and when you just catch it in a glimpse you look like some angry thug mm. you know what I mean short hair yeah. polo, polo shirt on at the footy you'd instinctively go oh my god it's some horrible lout and what you know he's probably in the EZL and he's probably doing all that you yeah. know what I mean and that and it, you got and that, that was and I think I guess you, you want to talk about this as well I think that the, the what the the industry is and the power of the media and the power of social media and stuff like that to be able to say these things it was a real it was a massive eye opener for, for us mm. that someone could take something like that because that's again ultimately that's our content but, you know what I mean and someone's taken it yeah. and it's gone on and taken a life of its own which I'd never I'd never experienced but, but this is the thing I mean we've been um, uh, as humans we've been in this this era which has been uh, where it's gone faster than ever before where technology and everything's advanced faster than ever before the way that the world's just become smaller and all of a sudden these stories can spread in such an instant you know so we've it's difficult 
difficult when you're in the midst of such rapid change to kind of really see it. And this is how you learn, isn't it, by things kind of going wrong ultimately. And I mean, first of all, what you kind of said is kind of unacceptable in a way. You know, you can't say things like that sort of anymore. But what what unfortunately that whole circumstance with the social thing is that these kind of tiny little moments that happen it could be a player slipping and all of a sudden Gerard's kind of remembered for, for yeah. this slip in this game rather than all the amazing things he's yeah, done in his absolutely. career and it's like that in a football match we're in this kind of era in this time where that six second vine of what someone slipping in a football match or scoring a great goal in a football match immortalises them or demonises them in such huge kind of ways and I think that that's what you suffered in that that 30 second round which was a great part of your whole season long story the worst thing about it it was 7 seconds perfect for Van <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it's the context that, that that's the key bit is that anybody that sees that would see your whole conversation would see your whole season the kind of thing yeah it's an unfortunate words to use at that moment but actually you can see he's not being a bad guy but then you slice that that 6 or 7 seconds you put that out into a different context people just stumble across that look at what this thug's saying about this team and then you you go you can see why people then go yeah actually we need to organize around this we need to complain about this because that's out of order so it was it was very unfortunate i think it, i understand it it is an unacceptable thing but that's how we learn well this is the thing it's one of those things if it's a learning experience with everything if it was something that you're constantly repeating then that's out of order but i think the, the good thing about it is that in a really weird way we've done you know we're talking about it now we actually talked about it on a, on a podcast called the anfield index 
chopped down into five things we learnt about something. Yeah. It's absolute crap. I can take more than five things I learnt. You know, give me more. Give me a bit more in depth, and and that's why I think that at the moment the industry's missing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it, it is. It's it's yeah. Oh. It's one of those things. What why I love podcasts so much because you can you're able to talk about this. You know, you don't. It doesn't have to be in a, a seven minute video or a ten minute video. You get so much more freedom as a postscript to all that stuff. Though what mm. I think is quite funny about the whole thing is how it's transcended, Chris. Now there was a point where, like, because we like, again, we, we've got we've we've YouTube partners, we've got control over anything of our stuff that's on on YouTube and stuff. So we've done everything within our power to see that that you know that's eradicated. It doesn't happen because once it's once it's out there, it's out there. Yeah. But what is funny about it is when it crops up in completely unrelated situations. So you get like memes where there's a there's a Chelsea team and every that the, that the, the, they're they're all. F and whatever you know it's spelt out as uh, part of the team Mourinho signing for Manchester United last week yeah. we had one with that with that clipped over Mourinho yeah. and that's you know, what happened and it's got it's to, still, it lives on you see it without my face you see it can't live you well no but you see it like, and it's like have you seen the new FIFA the mode in FIFA 16 and it's being press interviews and it's like tell the press you're happy tell them upside tell them that, that, that they're all fucking you know what I mean and yeah. it's like that's when you realise it's out you know no but no I know this, this is the, but can you understand this is the point look, look, look people they, 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 this is <laughs> Matt this is my legacy this is what I brought to the world he's <laughs> look I'm I'm not laughing the ultimate that's quite amusing. Well, this is the point, isn't it? Yeah, the, thing. the problem with it is, of course, is that it, you know people need to know that there's certain things in footy that it's not worth saying and all that. Yeah. The only thing that got it, the one good thing that came out of it was that Chris and I had a, a long conversation at the end of that season, and we said, you know, we reached the point where I've been full time on it for for, the, for about six or seven months or whatever by that point, and I, I maybe a bit longer, and I had to write can we is it time now for you to, to come on board and we, we, we sat down and we went right look if one thing good thing comes of it that we make we take ownership back of this and we say right that's it because you, you can't be hosting a, a show that's becoming popular and still working in a restaurant and doing all this kind oh, of yeah, stuff I had like that so. all the time like people coming in and I, I'd always put me I'd always I, it was a big place for breakfast because it was owned by an American guy yeah. and I'd, I'd be doing tea and coffee and I was like you're Chris from the Red Men TV yeah do you want a, do you want a cup of tea or coffee <laughs> <laughs> can I have a uh, selfie yeah. with you and it ended up being it was one of those situations busy, like. it was that situation that ended up you know was the cat, it was in a, a bad thing that we used as a catalyst to drive the show, the channel, and everything forward off that league. So. And, and look it, how it's turned out. I, I think there's just finally there's, there's a great strand content strand you guys are working on at the moment. It's all great, obviously, but if, even those that are not Liverpool fans to to enjoy the Championship Manager stuff. I mean, it's it's gold. Our little baby channel, retro football TV. Yeah, that yeah. was our, our way of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. I, I love it a bit. It's the highlight of our. It's the highlight of our week. Definitely. So the idea is that. Uh, Chris Pajak is manager of Liverpool in 2000, 2001? 2001. 2002. Uh, that version of Chapman, which is considered by many to be the best version ever. Yeah. It's also uh, free. It's free. Yeah, freeware is out there. So if you've got an old PC computer, you can... Or any PC computer. Yeah. Chapman 0102. Great, great game. Um, Pajak uh, is manager. And what you've done is kind of a visual representation of what it might have been like at, at Liverpool during We've that We've done what we did 
in 2001, 2002, except we've got props now. Everything, it went through our heads yeah. anyway when you're playing the game. Everyone who's played that game yeah. has these talks with the players in their head. Now, they don't, yeah. they don't get to enact it. Paul's obviously the director of football, so he's, for some reason, he's in charge of signing players or no players or whatever yeah. you want. Or too many players. Or too many players, yeah. And sweepers when you don't need sweepers. Do you guys talk about who you're going to sign? Or do you do it, literally do it as if... A little bit more recently, but prior to that point... You just signed. No, there's two. There's two clearly different different visions going on. On, on, on yeah, that's yeah. amazing because that's what happens at football clubs. Basically, I, yeah, I'm the Damien Camoli of uh, of Liverpool Football Club. So Paul came in first show. Was like, right, we're going to set up four, two, three, one, four, one, three, two. And I'm like, I'm not playing four one three two. And we got off on the wrong foot, to be perfectly honest, because I'm like, I'm playing four four two. What, and he's what? going, well, I'm going to sign four one three two. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, this isn't going to go well. What happened? What happened was we, we'd had a chat about it, we'd worked it all out, and we drew out the squad depth and everything. We, we put like meticulous planning into it, and then like the week before we were due to start, Chris played a, a season through on his own, yeah, and then decided the four four two was the system for him. Yeah. So yeah, we we we've been we've been reeling ever since. Like, <laughs> yeah. but, but that's great. The difference yeah. of opinion between. The director of football landing is happening and does happen around the football world, and is also happening in your office. The beauty it's of it, the beauty of it is that when when a lot of it's definitely two things: there's the website, the set pieces, and Ian McIntosh is doing a sensational blog series. Yeah. Everton manager on that game, um, which was a, a massive inspiration. But also, everyone will have heard it that big story about. I think it actually might be in Ian's. Uh, football manager uh, ruined my life I think it's called or stole my life but anyway about the guy who uh, got to a final of a tournament and wore his his suit, suit yeah, turns up in his suit on his own in his back bedroom <laughs> with puts the suit on and like like when it when you lose cries on his keyboard and stuff and it is it's a natural evolution of that because we have the production facilities we have the the know how from what we've done and we used to do all loads of sketches and stuff in the early days of Red Men and prior to that so it was a natural thing that the like there's a few bits of pieces that we we, we dream up along the way but like ninety percent of it comes from not more than ninety five percent of it comes from the game itself it's like you know how much stuff we have to leave out because because if we if we did every news story, the shows would be an hour an hour yeah. and a half long each week. Yeah. I could cope with that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, so could I. it's, it's great. The, the most addictive. It's my favourite thing that I actually look forward to every week. It's the best thing that I think our collective has, has ever produced in video. Yeah. Uh, and the, and the way that just for example the Bobby Robson one right at the start is that like episode one that or <laughs> like one and two? Yeah. <laughs> What's he genius. playing? I'm not concerned. The friendly. No, no, yeah. Do you know well, what I mean? That's the thing. He's, he's absolutely ruined pre-season there for me. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how we missed that he'd cancelled the friendly, but I was fuming with him. So, if, yeah, for, for anyone that actually still doesn't know what's going on, Chris is stuck in a sub-reality now between real life. This and is my reality. <laughs> for, any for, sub-reality for, for any wrestling fans out there, this is what's known as kayfabe. Uh, this is keeping the keeping the keeping the game real oh, at all right, times. Right. Um, yeah, but, but this is the thing because we got some because there's like a, it's an ongoing feud between Chris and Bobby Robson throughout the series so he cancels the friendly at the start cancelling a friendly and is not having time to, to sort it out and put another one in place which threw it into this array but because people were saying I'd lined up four <laughs> pre-season friendlies to get me players fit the entire squad and he cancels the yeah. last friendly so people were saying that, that uh, <laughs> we were supposed to have a glass of wine, Bobby. Yeah, <laughs> people were saying like that's really disrespectful, you know, Bobby oh, Robson. Yeah. Yeah, rest his soul. But we we're like, we've not picked Bobby Robson. It was again, it, it all, Bobby it's all picked you. Bobby picked exactly. Us. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's it's all stemmed from the game, and that's the that's the real beauty of it. Is because there's so many natural twists and turns that come from because you're only a, a computer generated injury away from. 
absolute disaster at any point you know these kind of things so yeah, no it, 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 it writes a lot of it writes itself so it if you haven't checked it out and you, mm. and you don't I don't know what's wrong with you if you don't want to after hearing this <laughs> yeah. it's, it is fantastic we even got a cameo or two so we, we got Jubes in didn't we Did. Michael Jubery Michael Jubery so I mean, is that actually Michael Jubery yeah, it's, like, it's actually Michael Jubery because <laughs> I was watching I didn't know that this had, this had happened I was watching this guy and this is really well done like, I don't manage to wrangle like I don't manage to if this is something that's, that's, that's a really good got. mask because we use masks fairly often <laughs> yeah they're like like 3D printed Michael Jr. Yeah, yeah. Production <laughs> budget's really picked up. Imagine Nick this, this interview of someone else of an, and it, it's just fantastic. It was like a great surprise as a fan of that series that then uh, Michael Jubri because everyone bought Michael Jubri in the game. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Not nature. Not nature. space. You were too late to me. Huh? Look, see, this is and, the, and this is the other thing is Chris obviously he Michael wants to Jubri win. wants to be an indispensable member of the squad. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying Jubes Again, love ya. No. no. This is what I'm going to put up with, though. He's making with, these though. decisions without consulting the manager at the end of the day. Is he, be- is he better than Tribo West? He could be. He's not better than Tribo <laughs> West. With my coaching, he could definitely <laughs> be up there. I've got him in defensive coaching, I'm working his arse off. Yes. Yeah. He All could right. be better. Look, we'll, we'll, we'll get him on the podcast actually in a, in a few weeks to kind of just to at least explain maybe more details yeah. on why he turned. Well, yeah. get him to go back into 2001, speak to himself, and tell him to drop himself to a good squad player. And then Machin may or may not, will probably come up with a reason that he won't sign him. Hippie, He's sabotaging my season. <laughs> Tribo West, indispensable. Just, just, just Michael Jubilee added bonus because we know him and we wanted to get him involved in the show <laughs> just to end this so we can, can move on to Esky because that's what everyone was waiting for okay it's Esky well, there was no we... natural break in all of that where we just talked yeah, about this stupid up. channel for the last <laughs> half hour and I, all I want to do is listen to Esky okay on your own it's not stupid it's very very good six years of our lives good luck with the podcast that we won't be promoting now thanks for that whoa whoa the podcast in here since you've been on this come on, come on let's not be hasty yeah. um, so uh, yeah just, just just talk through the Mexis the Mexis thing so you, you signed Mexis we signed Philip Mexis yeah. turns out he's just a sweeper central <laughs> no, as, the, as your only job is to sign can just, is, how can you not check if he's a centre back or I mean he's a centre back he's a sweeper so, he doesn't play centre back so just to drop the kayfabe for a moment I said to Chris is he because Chris signed him on his private game right. and I said to him oh. is, he a, is he a sweeper central uh, just to, and Chris went no He's a centre back on man. I've been playing for years. He's amazing. And then, and then, and I, and then I, got, I got a WhatsApp. I got a WhatsApp through like the next night with just a picture of Sweeper Central from the same. So, yeah. so yeah, there we go. Oh, so. That one might have been my fault. <coughs> all right, well there you go. Um, go and watch it. It's fantastic. Watch all of Redmen stuff. You know anything? Um, let's talking about football. And retro football TV stuff. Thanks, and a retro football TV. Actually, I love that as well. I love it's so much about being young and our age. Uh, and, and, <laughs> Uh, uh, but, 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 but being young and playing computer games back at that day before all of the FIFA you know you had European club soccer super soccer you know, but that, that was my childhood well, yeah. the thing, the thing is on all that stuff what I think a lot of people nowadays don't realise is it's so much more fun when there's four of you playing in a room mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. like this pot together yeah absolutely okay Matt um, yeah boss you're not going to say anything no well, I was kind of thinking we, we didn't talk about the um um, I was going to say that, you know, for, for people that are listening to this that maybe are interested in getting into the space, I was just going to kind of yeah. uh, wrap up on uh, what advice you might run, have. Run now. Great <laughs> advice. Get someone who, find a friend who likes long nights and editing stuff. 
mm. and you've, you've cracked it basically. No, uh, you, you've no, what, 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 what characteristics are going to help people along the way? You've got to be, uh, you've got to love it because ultimately, I think there'll be people who look at like some of the big YouTubers, and you always see it because you know you got those the videos that go viral, and, and everyone always asks the question. The ones that make it into like YouTube at the end of the year, and you've got the. Charlie bit me, you know, the thing, babies biting fingers and lions yeah. having fights and all that kind of stuff, and they go into millions of views, and everyone goes, How much money are you going to make off that? Mm. One day, oh, you can make a fortune doing this. I'll tell you now, you can't make a fortune doing that unless, you, unless you're one of those uber, uber guys who gets millions and millions and millions of things that doing. So don't get into it for that. It, ultimately, if you're passionate about it and you think you've got, you think you've got something that people will be interested in sharing your, sharing your passions, you just want to share your passions. Actually, don't give a toss if no one listens to it. I, I was, you know, big head enough to believe that because we had a group of mates. Who, who shared opinions that there would be a wider audience of people who also felt in a, felt in a similar vein. So we just started doing it. We love what we were doing, and it, it it took off. If you if you're into if you're into it because you want to make yourself rich or famous or something weird like that, then you're probably gonna fuck it up. Because ultimately, you'll reach a point where you sat up at four o'clock in the morning because you edit your computer's crashed three times, mm. uh, and normal people who don't make it are the people who go, "I've got to get up for work in two hours' time." Fuck it, I'll do it later. The people who fucking make it are the ones who sit up and go to work the next day on no sleep and mm. struggle through and then get home and they've got one comment and they interact with the one person who's watched the video in the comments yeah. and they build it up from there. The graft, graft the, the, is the key to it all. Graft, amazing. Love it. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, that's been. Well, thank you. Thanks a lot. Because you weren't moaning. You kept going. When, when are you getting us on the pod? I've heard the pod is great. When, when. But well, text. I heard that it changed uh, uh, the bio. I can find was life. Yeah, so, uh, it did. Yeah, <laughs> within four weeks of hearing it, he had five kids, mm-hmm. um, a wife, money, a wife, and he got big, and he Hench. got big, and became a professional footballer and had a fourteen-year yes. career. And we can kind of pretty much um, take the um, say that his performance in the playoffs was down to us. I think we give him a little boost. About that. Yeah, he, got a, he got a Matt Wilson post-match hug as well, didn't he? That's right, yeah. yeah. I've had a Matt Wilson hug before and it is good. Highly <laughs> <laughs> recommend it. Highly recommend it. Like this podcast? Yeah, if you see him around, just go, he won't mind. Just go up to him. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, yeah, thank you. Remember to uh, continue to download, but also subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a review and a five-star rating. Don't be a dick and leave a two-star rating because that doesn't help anybody. And usually you're just a dick if you do yeah, that. I don't think. Why are you pointing at me? Not, when you're a, not, that, like... not a cock, just a dick. Yeah. Um, no, they, they, I do this. What you do is you abuse the audience, and they kind of it's like some sort of Stockholm syndrome, and they end up right. Yeah, they okay. carry on. Listen. Yeah. Did they enjoy Husky? Have we have we intro with Husky? I think. It, what, oh. Yeah. Where did where did Husky happen? I don't know. I've fucked it, am I? <laughs> well, you could have just done now. You could. <laughs> <laughs> Over 500 appearances in league football Leicester City legend Scorer of England goal in the 5-1 demolition of Germany In Munich in 2001 Owner of the DJ Mixing Celebration uh, And the man that once actually hit a cow's ass with a banjo on television That's true Welcome Emil It's a nice intro that wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I just pulled it out of the bag It wasn't written down anything. Where's my intro? Yeah we're also here with Paul Machen of Red Men TV Given uh, obviously Liverpool legends to a certain degree and, and, and four years at the club and an amazing time And most notable um, bar the, the Leicester experience 
if you can call it that. Uh, the, uh, what, what was, just to start with, what, what was your, your lasting memories of Emil's time at Liverpool? Well, first and foremost, it was in England 5-1, it was Liverpool 5, Germany 1. <laughs> oh, right. Just to clarify that. Just waiting for that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I haven't had that before. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, there was that, that I, as a fan particularly, it was that period, wasn't it? I think that was like, that was like the hot, the, the genuine hot streak you had for Liverpool. It was the end of that season and going into the next one where you basically had uh, Oliver Kahn on toast several times, <laughs> as I recall. Like, and it's it, it's mad because the, the 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 thing about about Emil is is again from my memory, you were you were almost like I guess you were the foil for Michael Owen to to some extent. He was he was made the main man at the club and what have you. But there was something about every time you picked the ball up and charge and that like. Hammer of a right foot <laughs> shot. There was one. I think there was one against. It might have been against Leeds or into Derby County. But just yeah, those yeah. those goals are just 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 getting their best and behind and smashing them into the back of the net. What was that ever? Did that ever frustrate you actually as a as a pro footballer? Because England, I think it was seven goals in sixty odd appearances. But often you was a foil for your partner striker. You wouldn't say foil. Um, you got to remember, football is a team sport. So at the end of the day, you've got to you have your role. Everyone has their role. Um, you, you embrace the role that you're playing. And I just enjoyed being on that pitch and providing and and being out there and playing. Yeah, that's that's from day one. I've always been like that. Uh, people tell you that from from a kid. Um, so it 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 never changed and it will never change. Were there any players that you played with that didn't like? You know, they weren't willing to do that. Oh, plenty. Yeah, <laughs> there's plenty of players like that. Yeah. Um, but at 38, I was still playing, so yeah. it says something. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> All right, let, let's start at the beginning. Um, Leicester, 1987. You joined as a schoolboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a lot of this is from Wikipedia, so forgive me. <laughs> Loads of running about and training, and eventually you got uh, a break in football. I'm sure there's more to it than that. Uh, you went on. To, <laughs> you went on to play 154 times for the Foxes and scoring 40 goals. What What were your memories of the, uh, the club? Um, my debut, obviously, my memory from my debut was basically I was the I was a young lad. I was only I just turned 17. Yeah, just turned 17, um, and basically I was a lad that would go on the coach and help clean up at the back and make toast and make stuff for the for the pros. Um, help with the kit and stuff like that and that day we played uh, QPR QPR away and that day a lot of people fell down sick fell sick mm. and that's because you've not been cleaning up right probably, probably, <laughs> that was probably it to be honest with you but um, the manager never said anything and then literally we're sitting in the change rooms and I'm sat with the kit man and blah 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 and and he's put this. They, they, they what they do is they just have like a sheet of paper over the um, over this uh, the team, and they just reveal it like that. And then you see, I see my name on it. I'm like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> but yes, it was a, it was a funny day. It wasn't the best of debuts, but it all started from there, really. Do you know my experience of a memory of you playing for Leicester? Cool. It was just heartbreak and sorrow. And, and just so you know, as a child, you made me feel very bad <laughs> about being a Spurs fan because you gave Ramon Vega absolute nightmares. You turned him at <laughs> Philbury Street and smashed it in. Do you remember the goal? Yeah. yeah. Uh, went past Walker, hapless at but the time. But to be fair, you beat us in the final. Oh, yeah, did you play in that? Yeah. I remember that fondly. Yeah, but Bolt. the thing is, I was injured. I, the thing was, not many people know, I was injured that final. I had an injection in my back. I had a, it was a... A strange injury. I had basically a muscle imbalance, so yeah. um, certain muscles weren't working properly, and 
my back would just basically take over and then just spasm up. So oh, right. I, they'll give me injections after injection. It never worked like. But. So you just have to struggle through it. Yeah, that, for that one, and then got some proper training and sorted it out. Fine. But, but yeah. for that game, that, I mean, that, that was um, uh, you know it's a shame about your back. But, you know, <laughs> I, I'm sorry that that impacted your your career. But um, obviously that was a great experience beating Leicester. And actually, just this, the week after, we ended up playing each other again. And we, and beat you. we did. We did, <laughs> did beat you, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, do you know why I remember why that distinctly is because I thought, well, we've just beaten them in the cup final. It's out of White Hart Lane. There's going to be no issue here. And 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 we put we put up like a celebration video on the VT before the game I know the Leicester players were aware of it and even as a kid I, I thought that's a little bit <laughs> yeah. a bit brazen and then Robbie Savage was he, who he was on the pitch and gave us absolute nightmares in that day um, but what was it like being a I mean I presume you're a Leicester fan yeah, well, what, I brought and raised up in um, born and raised in uh, Leicester so yeah you're a Leicester fan basically you support your, your home team this season then oh unbelievable yeah. unbelievable um you know, sometimes you just got you're thinking, did it actually happen? <laughs> because you just don't expect it um, mm. to to go a full season and only lose three games. One of them games was against Arsenal, who, if they'd have stayed eleven v eleven, I think they would have won that. Yeah. Um, so it's just amazing. What, what was one of the other games, Emil? Wasn't believe Liverpool beat them on that way as well. Just to... not about Liverpool. <laughs> uh, this is a, a run. <laughs> I just got to get it in. That's all I've got. This might be a running theme, but I'm a Spurs fan, as you should. Have, and Leicester have done me over this season again. So horrible memories about well, Leicester. Is, and... You say Leicester have done Spurs have done Spurs. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, yeah, he didn't go there. He's right. No, he's not really. He's not... Yeah, he is right. We've done us again. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's an amazing thing. Vardy's a strange one. I, I wanted to get your opinion on on him because he's had an, an amazing, amazing season. Started his form actually towards the end of last season, um, but but coming from Fleetwood out 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 of the kind of wilderness, and I was wondering as as an ex pro, oh, pro, I don't know. Are you carrying on? Is that an exclusive? We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, but as uh, as an ex pro, do you come across many players that may have slipped through the net that were good enough? Because there was a risk with Vardy at that. There's plenty of players that have slipped through the net. Like you personally think are, are good enough. Yeah. Um, everyone talks about mentality and stuff like that. You don't know until you're given that opportunity. Vardy take took a different route. I think he was Sheffield Wednesday or something like that, and then dropped out the game and took a different route back in. And it shows that if you're willing to put the hard work in and, and sacrifice, that you can in the end reap the rewards. And that's what he's re- doing. He's he's a phenomenal player. He's he's shown that week in week out. So uh, and and now going to the uh, Euros as well. Just a quick one: Who would you rather play up front with, Jamie Vardy or, or Harry Kane? If you if you're asking me who, who who's the better player, I would say, probably say um, I would probably say Kane, but I'd probably prefer to play up with Vardy. Exactly, just the way I play because he's running behind yeah. and make those runs. Yeah, fair enough. Um, is, is it about then a combination having the right club, the right management, and the right people around you that make you a successful footballer? I think I think that helps. Um, but it's, it, like I said, it's about your mentality as well because a lot of people will be put off by certain managers, but you don't need to be put off by them. You, you just still got to work hard and, and produce the football. They'll still play you, regardless of whether they like you or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's talk about Liverpool, Paul. Uh, the... I've tried my best to to, to <laughs> turn the conversation that way for a while now. Uh, yeah, why don't you? I mean, what what 
what what were your you know you talked about the five one, but there it was over a four year period that Emil played for your football club, um, and less a massive jump up really in terms of expectation. Liverpool major force at that time. Yeah, not so much anymore. But you know, that's besides yeah. the point. Okay. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But what, what what was that that transition like, Emil? Firstly, and for, for moving from Leicester to yeah, it was difficult. Uh, well, at the time, it wasn't difficult to be honest with you. I I mentally was in a place where I knew what I was capable of doing, and all I had to do is just put me on the pitch, and I'll go and do it. Um, you don't realize until you <clears throat> until you're actually there, and the the difference in expectations and and uh, the not not how can I say it's the demands yeah um, that are put on you while you're there um, but it, it was it was quite an easy jump for me to be honest with you. and and I've looked back at it and I've analysed it and I said yeah I didn't feel no pressure at all yeah. until you told that there's pressure and that's mentally I was in a great place until you're told oh there's pressure there's told there's pressure there's pressure there's pressure and if you keep telling someone that then they start to think that before I never really thought about it it's a weird it's a weird one because I think that the the Liverpool side at the time I was blessed with some real real attacking options I mean I remember uh, Julier letting them letting them loose a, f- a few times there was a particular one where obviously once Anelka came in but prior mm-hmm. to that Robbie Fowler as well mm-hmm. what was that like particularly because I think a lot of the focus from a Liverpool fan's perspective Robbie Fowler was the ultimate mm-hmm. idol and then from a, from an outside Liverpool perspective everyone was talking about Michael Owen mm-hmm. was there any, did, did that help you did that give you more space to, to yeah, operate so to some I extent think, I think that just gave me the opportunity to just be myself um, without having the, too much focus on me Um Coming from from Leicester and seeing what Robbie had done for years, I know Michael from a young age, so, yeah, uh, so I knew I knew I knew what was Michael was capable of. But I, um, watching Robbie throughout the years, you're like when you, when I actually got there, you're like it's Robbie Fowler, and then seeing <laughs> then seeing um, his actual what he's capable of doing, his finishing, all that, you're like uh, to this day, he's the best finisher I've seen. Yeah. So. Um, it was phenomenal to to actually be in the same dressing room, to be on the training pitch with them all the time, and uh, it was just like I said, like you saying that it just gave me the opportunity to just be myself. Yeah, I mean, what were you there? The famous uh, Robbie Fowler, Phil Thompson incident. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, look, it, <coughs> it was something that just got heated very quickly and maybe blown out of proportion a little bit to be honest with you but it happens on the football pitch all the time and it will always carry on happening it's interesting it's actually at the time of recording it is 14 years since Liverpool signed Al Hadji Diouf was that you know they had the the option but Nicholas and Elka was there prior to that do you think that was a, a missed opportunity or did that give you more that give you more playing time I don't know but not having someone as good as an Elka to, to compete against I would have loved to have played alongside an Elka because the, 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 the few months that we actually got to play alongside each other was uh, uh, he's one of the best players I've played, uh, played with to be honest with you he was phenomenal and that would have been a, a, a really good uh, good attacking options for but, you know Juve came in he done his thing <laughs> done his thing scored on his thing the less said the better Ever had enough of Liverpool? Can we move on? Never. <laughs> uh, well, well, just you know, because time now. Um, obviously, you went to Birmingham, Wigan, Villa uh, before going over to Australia. 
Uh, what was wrong with London? Why didn't you ever come and play? play? I mean, like, Midlands is nice. It's okay. Do you know what I mean? I get it. I'm just a northerner, aren't I? So. Was there actually like any thought of it? It's about being around your home and your family and where you, you know, where you feel well, comfortable. Liverpool's like 200 miles from Leicester. Yeah. So. Well, it's, it's a long a journey. Like. Anything north of Watford is more or less the same. It's like anything actually from... anything south of Leicester's just London to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so was there any other options in, in, in for clubs in London or is it just not? Um, not at the time, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I was happy being up north. Quick, quickly about your time in um, in Australia, uh-huh. and because what what that must have been. I know Fowler was playing over there as well. Yeah. I think that's how it all come about. And Robbie gave me a call. Um, the someone who's working at probably the T exec or something like that at the club, like Newcastle Jets, was a teammate of Robbie's. So he asked me if I'd be interested in going over. I said, Yeah, why not? It's sort of something different, you know what I mean? Because throughout, throughout the whole of my career, I always wanted to play abroad, but it just getting the time, you know, getting the opp- opportunity to, and then you have kids, and you're like, do yeah. you really want to take them abroad? Mm. So it's, it was a nice time to actually go and, and explore that, and it was really, really good, to be honest. Did you find that the, the level was obviously a drop from what you played with in England? I remember Sol Campbell once saying, like when he went to play for Notts County, that the level was so bad it actually it was harder to play football with it. Yeah, it's harder to play football, but uh, to be honest, with you, that level wasn't that bad. Mm. Um, the, the you could probably say it's Championship, maybe. Okay. Um, but it's because of the heat, the 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 actual playing the football they play is quite slow, mm. and then it speeds up and it slows down again. So it's it's because of the weather. Um, but it was a great time out there, and you know, it was like I said, it was a wonderful place to go. Okay, should we move on to England? Obviously, massive. Well, I'm not sure if anyone's aware there was a big tournament in the summer this year, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, obviously, uh, it, it, some the squads there, 23. Mm-hmm. They know they know who's going. Mm-hmm. As a, as a person who's been in part of that squad, are they now thinking right now? We've got to think about how we're going to go and win this, or more realistically. Is I just we've got to get out of groups because um, how you know the, the, the I demand. Think the first stage is obviously getting out of the groups. So um, it's about thinking. Yeah, I, I think if uh, unless you're not going to go into a, a tournament thinking, oh, we're not going to we're not going to win it. Mm. You got to think that you're going to win it. But uh, you, your first stage is getting out of the group. Um, I've always said that we have individually got some really really talented young lads. Uh, as a team, we yet to see how how good we actually are. Yeah. Um, and then you have the addition of Rashford, who has taken not only the Premier League but everything by storm, really. Yeah, I mean, you you played for England over an eleven-year period, uh, so you've been for many teams, mm-hmm. different managers. How how do you think? How do you rate this team? Yeah, it's very good. Like I said, the, the, the squad itself is very 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 strong. I say individually, you know, you look at you look at Kane. Say Kane for you. Thank you. <laughs> um, he's up there with the best strikers in in Europe in the world. Fifth most valuable striker rate, uh, valuable player in well, Europe. There you go. Yeah. James so, Milner is the highest rated player according at the at the other or something. Is he's higher than Iniesta or something? I saw that. Is, is he the fifth or something, <laughs> something in the like world? That. You both look shocked. Yeah. I'm <laughs> saying stats can be used to prove anything. Yeah, Let's move on. <laughs> but yeah. You look at you look at that um, Daniel Sturridge as well, who's a phenomenal player. On his day Absolutely, uh, as, long yeah. as, he, as long as he can keep him fit and, and raring to go he's a phenomenal player so squad wise we're up there with the best of them 
There's a, we did a, view, uh, a video on YouTube, um, on the Bull Street YouTube channel, talking about drink water. A lot of debate. We should have gone. A lot of people saying he should have gone. Uh, it should have been in front of Wilshire. He's played no football. Henderson, um, for footballing reasons. I, I don't know which of those three. I would prefer to say drink water over Wilshire because I'm a Spurs fan. It's just, it just takes everything I talk about. But what do you think? He deserves it. He just won um, the title. What position are we talking? Are we talking holding midfield or are we talking the... What was he best utilised for Leicester? How, how would you... Holding yeah. midfield, to be honest with you. So, um, but... Uh, Not Eric Dyer then? Well, we'll... <coughs> Eric Dyer's had a great season. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't laugh, he has. He's had a great season. <laughs> oh, what? Really? Come no, on, let's. No, he's, he's done well, to be fair to him. Um, but uh, it will be taking. Um, I think, for me, Drinkwater has had a phenomenal season mm. um, as a holding midfielder. Um, I would probably take him ahead of Wilshire as a holding midfielder, but I don't know what their thoughts are the on. System, yeah. Man. It looks like, I mean, they're going to play Kane and Vardy up front. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to, certainly as Russia, you'd hope that they'd do that. And when Hodgson does that, he plays a diamond, which means there's only room for one. one yeah, it's either one striker or one holding midfielder. But this is the thing, I think it's what you, you sort of drive. Emil, we were saying this before we started recording as well, is that. I think having attacking options is, is, is the better thing to take into a tournament isn't it because look Roy Hodgson and look I, we, I have a limited experience of Roy Hodgson mercifully because he didn't keep the Liverpool job for that long but one thing he knows how to do is organise a defence mm. he knows how to get his defence's midfield solid to the best of his to the best of his ability but what he doesn't know is how to do free flow and attacking football mm-hmm. so if you actually leave it in the hands of the players you get a few more options you just yeah. kind of throw them out and go go on lads do a bit of run and score, score yeah. some goals might mean Danny Drinkwater, Drinkwater misses out, but if Rashford pops up or whatever and scores a goal that gets England through or whatever, yeah, you know, decision vindicated in it to some extent. As a, as a player who's obviously you, you, you were around the England squad at '99 uh, uh, when you was at Leicester, but obviously came into your own when you started at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Do you think is there anything in that fashionable pl- uh, clubs you're more likely to play for England if Drinkwater was at Tottenham or if he was at Arsenal? Or, is there anything in there's that? A, do you there's, think there's an argument? There is definitely an argument in it. Um, like I said, I, pl- I played. I did actually play quite a few games when yeah. I was at Leicester, yeah. so I can't really comment on that on my my own experience. Of course, but I will say there is probably an argument that it's easier to pick someone at say uh, a Man U, even if they're not playing regularly, yeah. than to pick someone who's not playing regularly at. So like Jack Wilshere, aren't we? I said Man well, You can apply that to Jack Wilshire. It was neatly veiled. We can see that. We'll agree around the table that we're definitely talking we're about Jack Wilshire about, right now. I'm talking about Jack Wilshire. Um, and, and what we're going to put this out is Emil Hesse says Jack Wilshire should be making England squad. No, right, fair enough. That is me again. Okay, well, thank you so much, no, no, Emil. You're very kind to give us the time, and, um, you know, uh, it's just it's been amazing talking to you. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Paul, cheers. Thanks. <laughs> Alright, that was good, wasn't it? Let me buy And this is the end of the book. Shock and awe with the Fall Street Long Blast. <laughs> you, you know, this is, this is what people like. They like all that rough and ready broadcasting. When's the, when's the end? Now. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, lads. Thanks so much, Paul. You've been amazing. Chris, you've been amazing. And co host Matt, I love oh, you deeply. Amazing. Yeah. Bye. Well, you are amazing. Oh, thank you. Don't do this to yourself. Okay. The Long Ball. Long, the 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 long, the
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.